So, my dear sisters and brothers, uh, for those joining us online, there's a women's retreat going on here, so I'm severely outnumbered. Um, and we also have the wonderful occasion of the 40th anniversary of a couple that are staying with us for the weekend. Uh, I suppose, can I mention your names? I don't know, can I? Go on, yeah. So, so Eugene and Margaret there, they're the embarrassed ones sitting in the middle of the chapel there. Um, 40 years. 40 years together. That's, that's good going. Well done. Fair play. Well done. Actually, to be honest, you should be given the homily at this point. Um, <laughs> I mean, there is experience there. There is experience. When we were in the coffee dock there, as all the ladies were arriving yesterday, um, I, heard, I overheard a conversation, as I want to do. Uh, I overheard a conversation between two people. Oh, yes, I met you on Zoom. I've seen you on Zoom for whatever it was, whatever thing it was, right? And then there's, the, you know, sometimes the kind of the, the s slightly kind of awkward conversation after that, I thought you were taller, or I thought you were smaller, <laughs> or, you know what I mean? I'm just, oh, oh, I'm pleased to meet you. I, 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 I it's great. <laughs> you know, as you're trying not to say what's so evident. Um, uh, uh, this, hap this happens a lot, you know, especially when we meet people maybe who we've known, people who are famous, people who we've maybe looked up to, and then you meet them. I remember, actually, I, I met, I'm not name dropping here, but it doesn't, okay. Uh, I met uh, Pope Benedict XVI, and he's tiny. He's tiny, like. Uh, it was, I was serving at Mass in, in, in the Vatican. Uh, it was a week before I was ordained. So I was, I was a deacon, so deacons get very close to the main celebrant. Anyway, long story. So, uh, and he was, uh, it was a wonderful man, wonderful man. Very, very humble. Way more, because like, he's, he's super smart. Uh, really intelligent, and obviously Pope uh, at the time. So, like, that's, that's fairly up, that's about as up there as, as one gets. And, and so I met him. And Habadiere, I said, I said, it's a, uh, oh, said, we spoke in Italian. Uh, I'm not showing off, it just, okay, it's, a, it's just, it's, it's just what happened, okay? So I said, oh yeah. And I said, I think, uh, a short little conversation, and I said, thank you for this, it was the year of the priesthood, the year, remember the year dedicated to the prayer for priests, 2008-2009. So I said, thank you so much for this, for this year dedicated to the priest. I said, I'll be ordained in a week's time. And he said, oh, goody, oh, goody, congratulations, congratulations. And he was so, so humble. We will often have occasions to meet people who we've heard something about beforehand. And obviously, you, you form some sort of a mental image or a kind of an understanding of who they are or how they are. It's just completely normal. Oh, you, can't, you must meet my new boyfriend, Husband, you should, probably should know, but uh, you must meet my oh, my cousin who's coming back from Australia. They've been away for six years. Come over and meet them. They're great crack and so on and so forth. Right. So you have this idea of this Australian outback didgeridoo playing, whatever. You know, you form an idea, okay, and and then you meet them, and then those expectations might be met, they might be exceeded, they might not. Uh, and this is this is this is normal human interaction. It happens all the time. In our gospel, people are talking about Jesus, and they're trying to get their heads around him because he's not fitting into their mental boxes as he, as he should, according to their estimation. So they had, they had some certain prophecies that Jesus was supposed to fulfill, supposed to fit into. Okay, it's supposed to be a descendant of David. He's supposed to be, well, be born in Nazareth, or sorry, be from Bethlehem which was technically true, sort of born there, but didn't live there. Anyway, long story, as you know. Uh, so th there were certain things he was supposed to do. 
And he was supposed to free his people, supposed to liberate his people. So they, they imagined this a kind of a warrior, if you will, to lead the charge and lead the people, maybe in a, even in a violent rebellion against the Romans, to free the people. Surely that's what freeing the people means. Get our land back. Get our, our, our country back. Maybe reunite the tribes. Who knows what? Uh, but this was their understanding. So they're, they're talking about Jesus, I mean, and they're saying he's the Christ, he's a prophet. But, the, but would the Christ be from Galilee? It's like, you know, would, uh, would the Christ be from, like, new two-pot house? What? No, I mean, surely he'd have to be from somewhere important, you know, somewhere, you know? Does the scripture not say he'll be a descendant of David and come from Bethlehem? So they could not agree about him. Some would like to have, someone would like to have arrested him. Very, very strange reaction. We don't know about you. Let's arrest you. <laughs> what? So, so it's, it's, it, they're, they're, he's not fitting into their, their mental schemes of how the Messiah is supposed to be. And so they, they can't agree on him at all. And maybe to a degree, that exists or that happens also for us. In that we have an understanding or a, 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 a preconception of how God should be. How, how should God be? Well, very often God should like what I do and should support what I do and should back what I do. It should basically have the same opinions as me because that makes life a lot easier. If God thinks like I do, well, then I don't have to change much, do I? I just have to be me. But if God has a different opinion, opinion, my goodness, if God has a different opinion to me, well, then maybe my life has to change. And maybe I don't want that. Maybe I don't want God to be God in my life. Maybe I want to be God in my life and have God on the side as my altar server, my sidekick. I'm Batman and he's totally Robin. And he can help me out doing my stuff. But I don't want him leading. Because that might be uncomfortable. That might morally oblige me to do things I don't want to do. It might take me down routes that I hadn't necessarily planned. It might mean I have to give him control. And maybe I just don't want to. And so it's easier, easier for us to build up a God of our own understanding and stay there and not allow God to be God, not allow God to lead. And we stick him into this little box where when I'm stuck, when I'm in a corner, when I've no way out, when I've no solution, then we'll call on him. And as soon as the problem is solved, which he invariably will do, Back into your box, God. Back down you go. You do not lead here. That's me. That's my job. <coughs> how awful, how awful that would be if we live this way where we do not allow God to be God, but he's just this, I don't know, like a, a safety net, uh, a, a genie in a lamp. But not God. Not my Father. So what is our understanding of God? And do I let him be God. It's a fairly astounding thought to keep in mind that one day you and I will meet him face to face. You know, also in a way all of us are going to be visionaries at some point. One day you and I will meet Jesus face to face. I don't think we'll be saying, I thought you were taller. <laughs> But I think there's a, there's a song which we don't sing very often here. It's, it's very, very country. Uh, it's called I, I, can, I Can Only Imagine. And the chorus goes, Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I 
dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? <laughs> or will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. And that's, that's when you meet the Lord, like, what are you going to say to him? I actually, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm going to say. I have no idea. Haven't a clue. I can imagine I'll be fairly quiet. It's probably safer. <laughs> Don't say anything <laughs> stupid. <laughs> just, just, maybe just say thank you. Start with thank you is a good way, I think. Thanking the Lord for his mercy. We're all going to see him. And unlike when we meet people, we will not be disappointed. My goodness, we will not be disappointed. How on earth could we be disappointed? If Jesus is the one who fulfills all our desires, like all our deepest desires, all our deepest longings, our desire for love, our desire for, for companionship, our desire to be, to be wanted, to be respected, our desire to be, to be known, like he fulfills all of those to a degree that no human person ever could. Even a wonderful wife. He fulfills every desire. So when we get there, when we see him, it's, it's just going to be astounding. But why can't that begin here? Why can't that start today? Rather than waiting for the end to meet him face to face, how about walking with him today? And seeking his face, as the psalm tells us. You know, it says, your face, O Lord, that I seek. Hide not your face. How about starting that today? Seeking the Lord's face. Seeking the Lord, not, not just to, that he exists. Because believing that God exists means pretty much nothing. Whoopie-doo. You believe he exists. Great. So what? What does that have to do with your life? What does that have to do with your day, your choices, your decisions? How does that animate your heart? If you believe he exists and are absolutely indifferent to him, well then what does your, what does your belief mean really? <coughs> if you believe he exists and you believe that God is your father and that Jesus wishes to walk with you every day and the Holy Spirit lives within you, that's a very different belief altogether. That's a life-giving belief. That's real faith. So, yes, Jesus will always exceed our expectations, infinitely. But what a wonderful thought it is to hold for today or for as long as we can. That, Lord, you are enough, and you deserve to be God. You actually earned your place as God in my life on the cross. You've earned the right to be called God. You've earned my love. You've earned my attention. You've earned my friendship. And now you wait for my response. And that's, that's in our hands today. How do I respond to the infinite love of God for me? How do I prepare for that great day when I will meet him face to face? Every day is such a gift Every day is such a privilege. We get to do things that are important. 
not because the actions themselves are important, they may well be, but doing everything out of love makes every action important. So I get to build up God's kingdom today. If I'm peeling potatoes or sitting down listening to talks or playing music or cleaning out sewage systems or whatever it is. Whatever it is. Do that out of love. And then it's important. Then it means something. And then even in that, even in that sewer, that computer keyboard, that guitar string, you're meeting, you're meeting the Lord. And one day, we will meet him face to face. And my hope and my prayer, when we get there, is that we already know him. Because we'll have lived our lives with him. So we ask the good Lord today. To the prayers, since this is a Saturday, to the prayers also of our Blessed Lady, to guide us through this Lenten season, that we might come to know the Lord's heart, that we might be ready for that great day when we will meet him face to face, that he might say, I know you, and that we, we might respond, Lord, I know you too. Amen. So dear brothers and sisters, I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank you all for joining us on YouTube or on Paving the Way Home or on Spotify, wherever you've listened to these homilies. Thank you so much for being part of our mission and for continuing to support our mission. It was a great gift that during lockdown uh, we could branch out or broaden uh, our, our outreach so much uh, through technology. So it was, that's been a wonderful privilege and honour. Uh, I'd ask two things, if I may. <clears throat> One that we'd really appreciate your prayers for our mission. So we have our young people here with us this year. And then there are also, there's a youth ministry, family ministry, and hopefully in the near future, men's ministry, which we hope to engage in. So we'll ask for your prayers for uh, all of those outreaches. And if you feel that the Lord is calling you to support us also financially, uh, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, running a place like this is is not cheap, and uh, we do need uh, benefactors' help to, to keep the show on the road and to keep our doors open and to keep this place of formation uh, alive for uh, the young people that come to us. We have opened our applications for next year as well, so if you know anybody who might like to apply, they can do so through our website, holyfamilymission.ie, and also if you'd like to make any donations, you can do so through our website, holyfamilymission.ie, or send us an email if you'd like to uh, arrange some other form of donation, but we would be greatly, greatly appreciative of any support that you can give us uh, through your prayer and through your financial support. All right. So God bless, and we're praying for you here in Holy Family.